friends, I'm Adrian File. And I'm John File. And welcome to the Love of the Process podcast. We've been married 13 years, 12 good ones, and we have four awesome kids. My career has centered around process improvement and leadership development. And I've been an entrepreneur since I was five and currently an owner and CEO of an insurance company and real estate team. We are working to become better versions of ourselves every day. And we invite you to join us as we share our journey and the lessons we have learned in life, business, and figuring out how to love the process to becoming great. Let's go. Hi, friends. Good to be with you. We have a guest with us today. We are so excited to have Billy Wagner with us. Um, Billy, why don't you give us a little intro about yourself? And then we want to hop in. I have lots of questions for you. Awesome. Well, it's an honor to be with you all. And uh, I've, you know, known John a few years. And every time I talk with him, I get energy from it. And I think we push each other and grow. So I'm just so excited to to be on this call with both of you. And, uh, you know, I, I grew up in Florida, uh, born and raised. And uh, and we, we've kind of settled in North Florida right now. We've got a killer killer agency. I've got two young kids, a 10 and a 12 year old and an amazing wife that kind of helps put, keep it all together. And so uh, I'm absolutely thrilled to kind of be with you all today and, and, and share some of the things that that it's on my mind. Yeah, that's, you know, and that's exactly the way I describe it. Billy and I have become friends uh, over the years and, and first and foremost, um, consider you a true friend. Uh, you know, I want to, I want people in, in my world who, who believe that I spend time with that it's meaningful that believe similarly to, to what I believe. And so you, you hit on all those things that we'd love to talk about. And, uh, you know, Billy has done, uh, Billy's very, um, he's, he's a great leader. He's always, he, he knows what the priority is and, and he executes against it. And I think so often, um, we, a lot of people talk about priorities and they'll talk about what might matter. Um, but my experience consistently with Billy is that he executes against those priorities and he's very thoughtful to where he spends his energy. So we're grateful you're here uh, to spend some of that time with us. So for sure. Um, okay, Billy, right before we started recording, you were mentioning that you're writing a book. Yes. Tell us about that. So this is the second book that I wrote. The first one I wrote was about insurance and, and it was, you know, obviously you can't get super excited about a book about insurance, but so this one, <laughs> this one, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm really excited about this book and it's kind of, I don't know, it's something for me, I think about three or four years ago, life just started to slow down a little bit for me. And I think it's the constant learning that I was doing over the past 10 years prior to that, reading a lot of books, studying a lot of things. And I started to realize I'm just a student of the game. I come from a very humble place and I'm constantly trying to, you know, that mantra of constant and never ending improvement is kind of what's been alive in my life. And I, I came up with three uh, core values and, and those core values are really what kind of drives all the decisions that I'm, that I make. And, you know, the core values is one of them is making an impact. And, and I think with our, with our, my family is obviously so important to me and I, I want to make sure that I'm learning so that I can pass on those things to them. And uh, it's a legacy of kind of like difference making, right? So can I show up a different way for them? And so the book has been in process for about five to six years of just collecting information, shaping my thoughts. And I've broken those down into 10 chapters already. I've got a lot of content there. And now I'm kind of just formulating how to, how to put those to put it together. So I'm really excited about kind of finishing that off this year. That is my main priority. It's the most important thing that I'm working on right now. Hmm. What's the title? 
did you mention? Guiding you. Guiding you. So it's, like, it's you know. To your kids. Yeah, it's meant to be to my kids, but it'll also be, you know, the best thing you can ever do for anybody is to help their, their, their child, right? Like that is nothing you can do, whatever, reach that sort of impact. And so I, I want to write it in a way that it helps the child, but it also helps the parent as well. And from, so from those two perspectives uh, of, because parenting is hard, it's really hard <laughs> and it throws things at you every single day that are, that are like unique. And I, I just, the, what I want to do is to be intentional about everything that I want to make sure I pass on to them. Hmm, that's awesome. Do, um, you know, John's mentioned that you guys do family meetings. Do you guys still do yeah. those? Yeah. So one of my chapters is on actually family and kind of the way we structure our family and how we're very intentional with our family time. Everything is put on the calendar first. Um, and the weekly meetings is something that has been, I mean, just one of the most impactful things for us. So we do it every Sunday night and we have a, we created actually a binder and we made it our, ourselves. And, and basically the binder has opportunities and we call it those are issues really what we call it opportunities because yeah. it's a little <laughs> bit nicer to say and and what happens is instead of getting mad because somebody put their sock on the floor and didn't pick it up or they didn't put their stuff away or they didn't do their chores we just put it on the agenda and so we don't have the constant you know the frustration during the regular week it's kind of like we're going to put it on the agenda we're going to pack it i'm not going to use my negative energy at the wrong time and let it build up on me. So we put the agenda together and that's the majority of the meeting is that it's like, these are the issues and we solve them collaboratively together. So for an example, you know, every family has the issue of people not putting stuff away. Right. So we came up with a solution together. The kids actually came up with it and, and it solved all of our problems and they were more likely to follow it versus us saying, Hey, this is what we're going to do as far as putting stuff together. So they created, we created a drawer for everybody and somebody leaves something out, it gets thrown in that drawer and that just solved the problem. Like it was like, I'm not going to put it away for you, but I'm going to throw it in this drawer and you can deal with it later. So if you solve it collaboratively and you do it as a unit, that's, we make a lot of progress as a family. And the other thing we do is we looked at what are the frustrations that we have as a family and we put that on the agenda separately. So one of the frustrations we have is food. Like, what are we going to eat this week? What's for dinner? What do we, so we, we actually plan that out as a family together. You know, what do you guys want to do this week for dinner? And so that it's not just my wife coming up with that every time. And that's not her job to do that. So that was one, that's one subject. Uh, we also uh, talk about um, if we're going on a vacation, the frustration for me is the kids act crazy. And as soon as you get to the hotel. And so we just talk about like, Hey, this is what we have coming up. We're going to handle this a different way. And we talk about it. We talk about uh, there's a, there's a section on what we will do for fun that doesn't cost any money. So every week we're going to do something awesome. intentional, whether it be going for a hike or something that um, is different in that way. And we kind of plan that out for the week. Uh, so that's, that's kind of how the agenda goes. And we use Robert's rules. So the kids kind of get to use, learn that. And each time we have a meeting, somebody different runs it. So, you know, my daughter, you know, when she was seven years old, she was running a Robert's rules meeting, uh, <laughs> you know, and carrying it through. So it's been cool. That's really cool. Um, how do you stay consistent with it? And how do you break ties? If you got four. <laughs> yeah. You how do you what? Oh, break ties. That's a very good point. Yeah. So the, the parents still do break the tie for sure. Um, and that does come up occasionally. Uh, 
And the consistency of it is challenging, right? Because, you know, my kids are in sports, my daughter's in theater, and we've no, we never realized it more than now when we had to clear our calendars, but the schedules are full, right? So what we do is if we don't do it on Sunday, we do it on Monday. And, and we just don't miss it. It's just too important for us to center ourselves. And, and we're working on just growing our family in, in kind of harmony, right? Like it's, if you talk things out and you do it collaboratively, it makes a huge impact. And we started doing that with our team in the office too. And I don't know why it took me five years to realize we need to be doing the same thing with our team. And it's been transformational. We started it this year and um, it's been fantastic. Well, and you know, I had, uh, so I was on a 6 a.m. call and I told them I was going to be on a call with you later today with some of our leadership at ProStar. And I said, man, we got to get on Billy's level. And, uh, and so I was going through some of the, some of the things that, that you guys go through and how, how diligent you are to the, to the action, right? To the, you know, we talk about love the process and unpacking it really uh, a definition of love that I think is so important is, is doing things. You know, and you talk about kids and, and what you're doing here with writing a book that's going to be impactful for both children and parents um, because it is challenging. That's action. And so um, that's really, you know, in, in, the, in the essence of, of what you, everything that I love about your leadership is, is it, it comes down to taking action. And what are we going to do? I think just on a flyer, I think the fun for free category of your book like it's going to be a big hit. I think that, you know, I don't know if you call it fun for free or, you know, things are going to cost money. I just, you know, I like, yeah. you know, things that go PPP and FFF and whatever. I'm just kind of <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, they fly off the, right? I mean, and I think last time we talked, you inspired me to, to get this book and it's all about kind of grateful kids, right? Like yeah. that to me, that's one of my biggest fears as a parent is are my kids going to be grateful because you know, we have a great life and we give them a lot of things. And, and it's, you know, a grateful heart comes from when you're almost, when you miss something. Mm -hmm. So how do you create those opportunities where they are actually missing something so that they're grateful for the things that they have? So that is a, that is a big struggle as a parent, you know, how do you, cause you almost have to like create artificial adversity for them, you yeah. know, cause there really it's isn't adversity. Yeah. Yeah, and teaching and them the grit. Is, um, raising and raising grateful kids in an entitled world. That's the name of the book. Yes, right? yes. We'll put that. Yeah. In the book. <laughs> and do um, who's that by? This is by uh, Kristen Welch. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, okay. Yeah. You have you seen any difference? Do you feel like you've seen any difference with you know just being home with coronavirus more often and the schedules kind of got loosened up? So I mean, have you seen a difference there? Yeah. And, and we tried, yeah, we tried to actually be very intentional about this when it first started. Cause what I was concerned with is there would be like fighting with the kids or home all the time. And, you know, there, there may or may not have been some day drinking by my wife trying to teach the kids school. Like, you know, it's stressful, <laughs> right? It's like, it's a whole other job for, for, every, I mean, it's, it was a stressful time. What we tried to do is is again, be intentional about it. And so I challenged my kids before it started that you're going to come away with this. I don't know how long it's going to last. We don't know, but you're going to come away with this with a skill that you didn't have before. Mm -hmm. And that kind of filled up their day. Like they had to, like my, they learned to play duets together. So my son was playing the guitar. My daughter was singing. She's playing the ukulele. 
they could not sing anything and they never did it once by themselves. And now they, they can perform like six or seven songs together, which is amazing. Awesome. I mean, talk about prideful when they kind of work together and they mm -hmm. get along and they're, and they're doing something that is meaningful. And then my daughter is also learning how to um, edit videos, which is a cool skill. And so we've challenged her to kind of like, we gave her some, some video and she kind of edited and put it together. And she started like doing things for her teachers and for friends, like putting together a video for them. It was just really cool. cool. So, I mean, school going home and transitioning was challenging. It was definitely, um, definitely very different, but I guess because I feel like we had a good intention before it started, I think we made the most of it. So that's awesome. So number one was making an impact. I'd yeah. love to unpack the three, uh, the three values. Yeah. So, so making an impact is, is, is the, you know, kind of that taking action, aligning your life with that skill set that you have, like what, what are you really good at and making sure you're tied to that working with like nonprofits and stuff like that. Like that to me is really, really important. Uh, and then the other two are growth. So, and that's what we do. That's, this is your podcast is about that. I mean, it's, it's, it's why John and I get along so well, cause we're always pushing to grow and like, it's the, you know, I got to learn something new every year that pushes me, that put, makes me uncomfortable. I, I felt like I'm not happy and people in general are not happy when they're not, when they're not growing. Like that's when people, that's what I love about you. You and yeah. you truly invest in it, you know? Yeah. I yeah. I mean, I spend money Darren every year. Hardy, Darren Hardy. Right? Yep. Yep. So I will pick two conferences every single year to go to. Uh, and you know, the thing that I've been a lot better about and John, you're great at this, but what I've really, like, I learn a lot from books and like video and, what I did a lot over the last three months is I've been reaching out to people and just that are experts in what I'm trying to grow in and learning from them. Yeah. And that has been really, I did not do well at that before. And that's just something that I just started this year. So any big thing that I was trying to tackle, I reached out to four or five people and man, did it help me leapfrog where I was when I first started. And, and I think people appreciate it too. They're like, thank you for reaching out to me. Like I, I was glad to connect with you. So to me, that was a really cool thing. And then that coincides with that. The other really big core value for me is relationships. Um, you know, that's everything in life, right? It's like the relationships you have with your kids, your family, your people that you work with. And, um, you know, being in the moment, which we're not as a society as much right now, like being there um, is so important. And one of the things that kind of drives me in that is how many people in your life love you that could love you that to me is like a barometer that i set out like how do you give back and be the type of friend that you should be and and having the last thing that you say be hold up as the last thing that you said to them like just the relationships and how to maneuver through those and all that kind of stuff um is really where i've spent a lot of energy trying to figure that out um mm -hmm. and and sometimes like john you've got a, a ton of relationships you know a lot of people and sometimes it's like overwhelming to manage all of those. And the way I had a mentor tell me, he's like, what you need to do to manage that is when they're at their best, when things are going great, be there for them. And when they're at their worst, be there for them. At that two moments in their lives, if you're there at those two moments, that's what they'll remember. And that's what's going to be impactful. Because uh, it's hard to manage all of them. Like we don't have enough time in the day to do it. 
you know? So I say, I don't need any more friends. That's the kind of, <laughs> you know, like, I got enough friends. Like, but <laughs> your point, um, that's so good. And that's actually, that's a huge help, I think, to uh, showing up. You know, it's actually, you know, yesterday, um, a good friend of mine um, got a powerful story. And, but this idea of showing up, I think, is, is good. And showing up when people are at their best. And when they're at their worst um, is is a great idea. Uh, the growth mindset, you know, you hit on something that I think more and more I've been talking about as well is like it's the wisdom of that is so good. So when I was 16, I would go, I'd spend five bucks at Jackson Golf Course. I love to play golf, but I really would go as a single a lot of times. In the summers, it was five bucks from 10 to 2. And I'd go at 11 o'clock on a Tuesday. And I was really there because they'll partner you up with a couple guys. I want to figure out, like, why is this dude able to play golf at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock on a Tuesday? Like, that's mm-hmm. the question that I was begging, I was asking. You know, and so often sometimes people are like, Johnny, um, how come uh, it seems like you guys, you're never in the office? And I sometimes I'm like, one of these days you're going to ask a more intelligent question. <laughs> <laughs> and so – I mean, if, if it's worth coming from, I think, then, then I would, you, that's what I would. So anyway, but this idea of like, if I'm going to, and so how do you vet? This is a question that, that I continue to have. How do you vet true knowledge? Cause there's, there's, there's so much information out, so many people out there. Um, like if I was going to go climb Mount Everest, right. And I go find a guy and he's telling me about Mount Everest and he's got a great YouTube and I watch it. And then like, so when's the last time you summited Everest? And the guy's like, Oh, I never have. I'd be like, you, <laughs> You know, like mm-hmm. I want, I, I want people in my life who have done the thing or doing the thing that I don't know how to do, or I'm not doing consistently. And it's yeah. motivation, which is psychologically proven to be true. So for you, like, how do you, cause it is, there's so many people, there's so many ideas, there's so many books, there's so many podcasts, there's so many places we can go. Um, you know, but it, you know, there's, there's a book that says you'll know by the fruit. Um, yeah. is, so how do you be a fruit inspector, right? right. How, do you, how do you, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's a great question. I, I, what I have done, I think that's helped me the most in that area is it's putting that focus on it and, and determining what it is that I want to grow and learn from and putting it out there in the universe. Part of it is that, and also learning to ask the right questions because you can learn something from anybody if you ask the right questions. And I've gotten so much better at, at asking questions than I ever have. And, you know, who do you know that I should talk to about this? You know, is, has been, you know, just in my own circle, that's, that's been really impactful. Uh, you know, sometimes the real true experts, you really can't, you don't have access to them. Right. So, you know, I just try to get in my inner circle and I, I have, you know, 15 or 20 people that I really trust that are very connected. And I just reach out to them and go, who do I, should I talk to about this? Uh, and I think in our world, we have, you know, people in, you know, the insurance space that, you know, are really good in certain areas. And then you just kind of know they've, you know, they've talked on it. They spoke on the subject before, those kind of things. And, and so just being intentional about reaching out to them. And it is a challenge. Like, I don't think I have that issue solved, but uh, I'm getting better at it. That's all I can say. So one thing I know that you can speak to for sure that I think, you know, you mentioned insurance business just on the topic of, of, of being an owner, being a leader. Um, you have a tremendous culture. 
uh, I've had the chance to be both at your office in Puente Verde, as well as at the office, you know, in where's Brightway headquartered? In Jacksonville, yeah. Jacksonville, it has yeah. its kind of own culture, but certainly the Puente right. Verde office. Um, and then you talk about the teamwork your kids even possess. Mm -hmm. What is what is it? What are some of the tenets that you have for building and developing and cultivating that type of environment and culture so that people can operate in such a way? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it, I think it's my investment in the people. It's an investment in the relationships. And I'm I've gotten a lot better over time on putting myself around the right people and making sure I'm, those people are on my team. So it's part of it is that, right? And then I think the other thing is it, it goes back to the growth. Like if I have three or four employees that have been with me over 10 years, I've got a few that have been with me two or three years, but every single one, whether they've been with me for one month or 15 years is growing. So I am very intentional about them growing because number one, I know it makes them happy. And number two, it makes them better. And, you know, we're, we're, we're also very good at setting goals and laying those out. And, and again, what makes the hair on the back of my neck stick up is helping them hit those goals. Like that's really why I'm here right now. Like that's why I work, uh, is to help them whatever goal they have, you know, somebody just bought a house and, and I remember two years ago when they had to put their plan together to save $5,000 for their house fund. <laughs> and they just bought it last month. So you see that where it's happening every year we do, you know, kind of the wheel of life goals, like the Zig Ziglar wheel of life goals with our team. It's part of our deal. And they, they, we basically, everyone has their own goal, whether it be a financial goal, a health goal, it's all out it's transparent. We create a video. So the whole team, there's about a three or four minute video on what we're going to accomplish. And each person has their one page where it says, here's the seven or eight things I said I was going to do this year. And every month we look at it and every month we're pushing them and we're saying, Hey, you said you were going to do this. Where's this at? Uh, so I think it's a lot of that. I, I, I just, we also have uh, an executive of belonging, which is an idea I got from Grant Botma where somebody is in charge of making sure everyone feels special and they belong. Yeah. And you know, somebody has a rough week. Yeah. yeah. Somebody, yeah. Same thing. Somebody has a rough week and she's got the authority to, she just goes and orders a pizza to deliver their house on Friday night and nobody asked her to do it. Uh, or she might, you know, go grab, grab, grab smoothies for the whole office and just kind of, we had a rough day the day before. So she's in charge of that. And now I play that role also, but I have somebody intentionally in charge of, making sure that everyone feels good being there, you know? Um, and I think the, also the weekly structure of dealing with issues, you know, intentionally collaboratively also really helps our culture. So the cadence once a week, we do, that's our cadence as well. Uh, I love the idea that you mentioned about being intentional, whether they've been there a month or, or 10 plus years. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we just had a team member pay off, uh, hundred two thousand dollars in debt right he's awesome. big things he has a bunch of student loans he's been with us all about four years now and they right now are shopping for a house so i'm getting texts like crazy and so but seeing those milestones achieved um and seeing people grow how do you translate and, and i think because this is to me if more people can hear what billy's saying uh -huh. if more people can truly understand the power of helping people move forward in their goals that is the impact that's that's your making an impact that's an impact yeah and yeah. and um that's so, and 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 the things like because really at the highest level we 
we look and try to address and understand things like depression and anxiety and suicide rates and, and obesity and, and addiction and things that we go to maybe because we're not, in my opinion, making an impact because we're, we're not focused on what you are focused on and, and have been able to be focused on. What was it for you? And a lot of times that story, somebody will have a story of like, where did you catch the vision? Where was the vision for me? And I want to make people, I want to make it better. Yeah. I, I think I started working on goals like in 2004. Uh, and I, I was at a point in my life where it wasn't, I wasn't intentional and I ended up where I ended up because I had made some decisions that I, that I regret, you know, oh, even my career. So months. my career path, like, so I was in college and I started in the restaurant business and I just ended up in the restaurant business and I kept getting promoted and I worked I worked in restaurants and it was a, it was a, the worst job. It was awful. I mean, and I kept getting promoted and, you know, I was running my own, you know, location. I was the youngest person in the company to ever do that. And, you know, so I was having success with it, but it's like, my life wasn't what I wanted to do. Like I, I wanted to play volleyball on the weekends with my friends, but no, I had to work and I had to work on mother's day and, you know, Christmas yeah. and all that. Yeah. It was a mess. Yeah. It was a mess. Yeah. I mean, I was so miserable and, so I started putting goals down and I did it in 2004 and what I, and I, whenever I'm down, even today, that's where I go. Like I go back to that and it gives me the energy that I need because I, number one, I look at what my goals were in 2004 and what I accomplished and, and, uh, and then I also like, I also have like, so I will have, when I started in 2004, I don't know where I got the insight to do this, but I, I said, okay, what are all my goals that I, I didn't even have a, you know, like everything was different back then. Right. So, um, my kids weren't born, nothing. So I said, what are my family goals? What do I want to, what do I want to achieve as, as a family? What are my financial goals? Where, what are my fun things that I absolutely want to do? And so I just started brainstorming. And so I have like a hundred things under fun things that I want to do. And it drives me and it reminds me of those things that I want to do every time I look at it. And then every year now what I do is I pull those down and I put them into my year and it puts it front of mind for me. And, and I think most of the, my team, when I started doing these goals with them, they were like, I'll do it. You know, you, you asked me to do it now they want to do it. Like they, cause there's, and because I know that they have them, I'm doing everything I can to clear the road for them and help them with it now. Cause I know what they're trying to accomplish. So awesome. I think it's just kind of, you know, starting out with knowing where you're going and each year going back to it and, and, you know, when you have momentum in life, there's very few things that can stop you. And that's where I'm always trying to keep that momentum going. Mm-hmm. So how about grit? Because, I mean, because when you're setting goals, so you're 16 years in, which I love because yeah. that's, incidentally, how many times it took John Wooden, 16 seasons, to win the first title. And then they won mm-hmm. 10 out of the next 12. So the, mm-hmm. next, so the next season, Billy, let's buckle up. <laughs> the eighth one of the world, compound interest, right? Uh, the compound effect, if you will, uh, Darren Hardy calls it. So yeah. the grit though is, is interesting to me. Uh, there's a friend of mine who I just talked to and he just acquired this bit and it, the Corona hits and he's got a PL, you know, uh, 300 grand. He's got to pay out every month and he's calling me and he's like, he's got to have these hard conversations with very seasoned technical people. And he's not sure if he can stay in business. And uh, or if it's smart to keep burning cash as he sees it, a best case scenario, uh, the, the data company and real estate, uh, the best case scenario, he sees 70 percent 
of his customers sticking and he's he's just not sure what to do and i got a text from him I, i'm not gonna pull it up but to the to the degree of where he landed the decision he made was i'm gonna work 20 hours a day if that's what it takes to keep everybody on this team because they have ridden with me to this point and i just talked to him yesterday and they have grown <laughs> and they are crushing it right now yeah. but there yeah. was a point where a lot of people wouldn't have had the inner fortitude or the ability because because it doesn't always go that the, the way you, i might want it to or et cetera, et cetera. so what is that for you yeah. what is is it is it going back to the restaurant and like i don't ever want to do that again so this yeah. is bigger than that and that's for me as i go to my child and i'm like she, it was anything's easier than than that so nah. yeah. yeah what is it for you and yeah for me grit's one of my favorite words and and that's again why i'm trying to instill that into my kids and sometimes you have to artificially do that like i was saying i had just a lot of struggles growing up like nothing was easy for me you know, school, I worked really hard. I got straight A's, but I worked my tail off. Like it wasn't easy. Uh, I was a basketball player and I got cut early in my middle school. And I, I played basketball more than anybody else. I probably, you know, the whole outlier spend 10,000 hours. I did that. And I'm a very good basketball player now, but it's not because of outlier. Yeah. It's not because of my talent. It's just because of how hard I worked at it. When I started this business, you know, a lot of people think, oh, you know, you're an overnight success. No, it was hard. Like I worked a hundred hours a week and my first year I made $6,000. I left a six figure income and made $6,000, you know, the first year and we were killing it. It just, I mean, the margins aren't very good. So it takes a while to build it. It's a crock pot business. So okay. I think it's from the struggle is where I've gotten the grit. And that's why I worry about, you know, kids that don't have that struggle growing up. How do they learn to, because you're going to get punched in the face in life so many times. How do you learn how to, how to navigate your way through that? Uh, I just learned by getting punched in the face, but there's other ways you can do it that you don't have to do that. And yeah. so for me, that's, that's, I just know that I have to put in the work. I have to put in the effort. And that's the only thing that's ever worked for me. It's just action and effort. Yeah. And I know the next time we, we talk, we're going to talk about, uh, you and I about just this, trying to develop grit and gratitude it's kind mm. of in kids and yeah. skill and it is because it is I, it is a skill you talked about development of skill and, and you said you know we hope our kids will come out that you'll come out of this with a skill uh, every opportunity of difficulty is an opportunity to develop a skill i agree with yeah. that and um yeah we and definitely I, talked about how how are we going to build grit and gratitude within our family as well and i did a lot of traveling growing up and that was some of the ways that I learned about that. I, I think that I got some grit is that I saw some of the other, the ways that some of the other world lives. And I want to, I want to make sure that my kids can see that as well. And I want to yeah. take, I want to take our family on some adventures that will stretch them. Cause I think traveling is not yeah. easy. It's difficult, but also to show yeah. them things that they can be more I, grateful for. I, I love that. And I, I think that is so true. And so one of the things that I'm trying to, cause I think perspective, right? If they don't have perspective, they can't be grateful. And so how do we create that perspective? And sometimes it's putting them in a different environment, shaking them up like mission trips to me. I'm really driven to that. My kids were a little too young. Now they're at the age where I can take them and we can go do stuff and let them see the other parts of the world, see how other people are living. 
and we can also do that in our own communities. Like there's communities and there's parts of our community that are struggling and they need to see that and they need to, I mean, there's ways we can do it. If we're again, going back to being intentional about it, we can do it, but it's, it's not easy. My kids definitely, my, my son's like, I'm a little soft. Like I'm in a kind of a bubble. Like he, at least he's self-aware about it, yeah. but it's still like, until you actually face some of that adversity, you don't really know what it is, you know? And, and I think the answer is going to be inconvenient. You know, that's been my theme the last, mm. it's going to be inconvenient. The answer mm -hmm. to developing grit, uh, you know, we talked, we went to Haiti last January, some of our team, and, and uh, then we were looking to do another trip and expand it a little bit this time. And I know, I know for sure it's worth it. I know it. Mm -hmm. But then things hit the calendar, et cetera, et cetera. Coronavirus now didn't happen. So we're, 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 we're committed as soon as you know we can, the spring of probably 2021 or whatever, to doing that. And uh, so I just love your heart to be committed to developing gritty kids. Um, I don't know, you've probably seen the, t the TED Talk with Angela Duckworth. Um, where she, okay, it's about six and a half minutes. It's probably been viewed, check it out. It's called uh, Grit. And um, grit. and she believes that, well, she has studied and actually proven that grit be the, is the number one determiner of success. And you just you just proved that to us by telling us your story. And I, I mean, it, every everybody who comes on here who, you know, is successful. And so our kids, though, are now inundated with these platforms that show aftermath they show the results and they may show something that's not even real. They may show a guy with a Lamborghini who is so far in debt. He couldn't even <laughs> fill the gas tank with gas. Hardly. You got to right. fill it up. So they're learning these, these lessons were being inundated. So we have to combat that. So I'm excited for that challenge. And we ours are 10, seven, four and Tiger will be one two, two in August. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I think we got to add one more G in there. Gumption. That's from her grandpa. That's from Jim. Jim Martin was a gumption guy. He said the worst thing, and he lived to be 100. Jim was so like you, but involved in this community. I was on the North Everett Lions Club. I still am the treasurer because he talked me into it years and years <laughs> ago. I mean, they, yeah. they had a bingo operation that was making a, a million bucks a year in the, in the wow. 80s. Okay. They're buying aid cars for the city. Like they're getting it done. And uh, so I served with Jim on this, and he sent all nine of his grandkids through college because he believed so much in education without any debt. So he sent all, he had a grandchildren's trust, and his mom, praise the Lord, and she's going to. He sent himself through himself. college as well. She's going to carry that on. <laughs> and his four daughters. His wow. mom's going to carry that on with her, the, the, her, plan mom, is, her mom is planning to carry it on, <laughs> and, and our plan is to carry it on with our grandkids. And, um, but this, um, the thing that Jim would say is that one of the worst things that somebody could say about somebody is that they lack gumption. Mm. And that to me actually is, is it's a, it's a form of perseverance and persistence, but oftentimes it's what you've been so clear on in, in this call is you make decisions mm -hmm. and then and you, you follow have to take, through. And you have to take the courage, you have to have the courage to take the step. You take, you make a decision. Follow yeah. People that lack gumption, rarely make a decision or if they do it's really just a feeling not a decision so jim would always say i think go that guy lacks gumption and i'd go okay i don't need to die that's not a guy i need to know <laughs> it's the worst thing somebody he could he could say about somebody and uh, oh wow i love that 
I love that. There's another G. Yeah, I really like that. I'm sure that, you know, before you all started this podcast, you were probably like, oh, we don't have time to do this. And how are we going to make this work? And you just decided, like, we're going to get it started and we're going to go with it. And I bet you you're so grateful that you did, right? Like, because you grew from it, you learned. And I mean, I think that's, you know, you made a decision and you just went after it. I think it's awesome. I love it. Now you're inspiring me and I need to do it too. No, the world, the world <laughs> Same, needs, you're inspiring me. Yeah, we're doing our, we don't do our family meetings consistently enough. So definitely mm-hmm. inspired by that. <laughs> <laughs> we, we started a little, the last family meeting we had though, we started a little economy. So it cost, uh, it's, it cost $2 for 30 minutes of screen time. Uh, mm. a uh, ginger ale is a dollar. Matter of fact, we had some guests over a couple nights ago. Guy Oresource's wife were over, and uh, he was trying to be a hero. Brian's being a hero, and he's bringing them ginger ales. And so then the kids are going to get their money and trying to hand me a dollar. And I said, Listen, it's on Uncle Brian tonight. So you get a pass. They're like, Yeah. And so, yeah. Um, but we are not, we, we are, we have not done every week. But man, when I got back from it's like, and this last thing I would certainly say is, is you know, I think the book guiding you, like, you know, as soon as that's out, everybody should get a copy of it. Uh, but the seeing it, you know, I'm a guy who wants to see it, you know, and, and uh, I got to see it, you know, it's like our head football, you know, I stayed a couple of nights with you guys when I was in Point A Verde and I was, that was relationships. I got to take golf and talk Johnny Somerville into coming back to Englewood and his grandpa has gumption. He's 88 years old. He pulls the trigger on a, with two seconds to go on a second golf course in Michigan and on Adrian's wow. Johnny's last day, he's back in Michigan. We all cry. Actually, I cried the first time he left. Her mom teared up this time. So, yeah. but, but the idea of, uh, of just your, of seeing it. It's like our football team at Bothell, right? We're always competitive with the amount of work that goes in and the cultural things that we do. Uh, a guy one time, he came, he says, tell me, Tom wanted to tell him, our head coach wanted to tell him our core values. He said, no, 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 let me go watch practice. And he comes up to practice for a couple hours. Then he gets back to the coach's room mm-hmm. and he, he, he gives four and he hits three out of four, right? Physical yeah. effort. Yeah. You know, and, and um, teamwork, and, you know, and, and so it's one thing to have core values and, and, and assume the things, but it's another to go to watch them mm-hmm. take place. So that's, that's what I would say is, is anybody who can um, glean from your book, uh, you've written a book on insurance previously as well, mm-hmm. Point A Verde, home of TPC Sawgrass, yeah. pretty <laughs> close, right? Isn't it pretty close? Yeah, yeah, very close. Yeah. You know, and uh Anything else you want to add to the audience um, would be awesome. Any other questions you have, Adrian? It's been awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Not. It's the most notes I've taken on a podcast. <laughs> I'm serious. It's the most notes. I, you know, and to your point, like this, I'm grateful because of this. Like I'm learning, and we'll be we'll be better together. You know. Yeah. No, that, that's your spirit. That's why you're growing. Is because you're always constantly trying to trying to do it, you know, so that's, and that's kind of, again, how I've, how I've done it. And, you know, and I think a lot of times I get people ask me like, Oh, how do you run this successful agency and all that? And you actually took it on yourself to go, let me come see it. And that's most of the time, you know, they'll say one of my agents is like the number one sales guy in the company. And they'll say, how's he doing that? And they want the quick, easy trick answer. And it's not that just watch him for a day, sit, sit down at his desk and watch what he does 
watch his intention, watch his conversation. What does he say? What's his energy like? Then you'll know that's what success is. It's not, I can't just tell you what to do. You have to kind of see it. And that's, that's what you've done. And that's, that's for me, that's how I've grown is learn from other people, tried to watch their mistakes and learn from my own mistakes. And, you know, we're all still, we're all still at it trying to grow and trying to get better. And yeah, that's I'm excited happens. for the future. That's great. That, I mean, that reminds me of marriage actually. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, yeah. Why, you know, how do you get a successful marriage? There's not an e- a pill you can take or an easy step. It's like every moment of intentionality. Yeah. Well, no doubt. That's awesome. Well, really, so uh, if anybody has any follow-ups for you, is there any way they can, they can reach you? Yeah. I mean, you can definitely uh, find me on social media, Facebook under Billy Wagner. Uh, you can email me at billy.wagner at brightway.com. Uh, if I can help anyone in your audience, I'm, I'm always, always willing to do that. Again, it's where I feel like I'm standing on the shoulders of giants and I've learned from so many other people. So whatever mm-hmm. I learn, I'm always willing to kind of give back. And that's kind of why I'm writing this book and trying to do that right now. It's just so grateful for everything that everyone that's poured into me. So that's just, I'm trying to give that gift back to as many people as I can too. That's awesome. Well, we're grateful for you and we're grateful for this time. Thanks so much for being with us. Yeah, my pleasure. All right. Thanks guys. Take care. Thanks so much for listening to the love the process podcast. You can find us on iTunes and Spotify. It means so much when you leave us a review and share with your friends. Bye.